You are listening to episode 61 of the Playing Fallout podcast with Rita Hyland. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. Hey friends, I'm super excited to discuss the topic we have today because when I got this, it changed everything. And I really mean everything in my relationships and my ability to do a higher level of work, impact, fulfillment. And that thing that we are going to discuss that made all the difference for me many, many years ago, is using intention in our communication to convert even the toughest of conflicts and those that are more subtle, that maybe we are avoiding and thereby are distracting or holding us back from getting whatever it is we went out into the world, our fulfillment, our impact, the experience that we desire. So I'm going to share a story with you that I have not shared with you before. I know that. I have shared it with some of my one-to-one clients and perhaps in a class or two of mine. I'm not quite certain. But this happened many years ago, and it was such a fabulous teacher for me. Specifically, it has to do with my mother-in-law and what I should preface all of this by saying is that we have a very, very good relationship here 20 years later. First year, right out of the gate, when we had just gotten married, we were out to dinner with my mother-in-law, and she strongly disagreed and became quite irritated or angry that we had were not doing something that she wanted. And that was specifically that we had two weddings on the same day and I was to stand up in one and the other was a family wedding of a cousin of my husband's that I was not going to attend. We were going to separate and go in different directions so as to represent our love and appreciation at each of these different weddings. And she didn't approve of that. And it really it really enraged her and she expressed that. And it wasn't something that I imagined because I recall sitting at the dinner table and when the waiter came with our food, he immediately turned around and did a 180 degree turn back to the kitchen with our food because the table topic was so hot and heated. And specifically, she was so enraged. And so I knew at that point, I left obviously quite upset or disturbed, mostly because I thought, we cannot continue. I can't be in this level of intensity and anger for the next forever long I should be in this marriage. So I knew it was I was being beckoned to use my voice to 
course correct what was starting to become a pattern of how we were engaged. And this was something I was honestly quite unfamiliar with for way too long. I had gone without really being open to rocking the boat. I was probably more interested in keeping the peace. And as a result, I deferred a lot and and let things go, if you would like to say. But I never really believed that we ever let these things go, these affronts to who we are, what our opinions or values or vision are for ourselves and for others. So I made the decision and committed myself to having a conversation And I was exceedingly uncomfortable. And for two weeks at least, I know I didn't sleep well. I was, my whole well being was off until I finally got up both the nerve as well as the clarity of what I wanted to have and want this conversation to produce. And what I will tell you about the conversation is that it was difficult. It was emotional. There was, there were, there were, there were tears. There were, there was, differences in agreement and and how things would go. But what was interesting and some of the things that I did that supported a very positive ending, not just in that moment, you know, 20 years ago, but as a result, how that has, you know, ramifications or repercussions throughout the years was so impactful and um, meaningful that I have been sharing and repeating those with people and teaching hundreds of people how to do that, both in their personal lives as well as in the workplace, because I see it affecting both areas. Specifically, in this conversation with her, I went into it very clear about what I saw an ideal relationship looking like and what I wanted from it. I knew what that looked like, and I also let her know my intention of the conversation. I didn't start with where we were and the disagreements that we were having. I did have to share some observations that I had, but I entered the conversation with the intention for my conversation and for us having this 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 moment here is that I want by the end that we have a be- even better relationship that stands the test of time. I'm having this in this conversation with you so that we improve our relationship. My intention, and I would always go back to this when things started to go rogue during the conversation. My intention is that we enjoy each other when we see each other. We that my intention is that we both know exactly how each other feels and that we're transparent in this relationship and that when we're together, it's because we want to be together. So what I set up for us, and how could she disagree with that? You know, how could she disagree? We weren't arguing about all the things that we didn't want happening. It was where we were headed, the trajectory. And when you start with the end in mind, and when you start with a peaceful and win-win intention, how could anyone disagree with that? And what happens then is just a matter of how it comes to be. And that the solutions and the ideas for that become quite easy and quite self-evident. There were times throughout the conversation that she would get upset. And, 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 and what I know when anyone is sad, upset, angry, it's that they're afraid of something. So the job during these difficult conversations is to create an environment that makes that person feel safe and that supports alleviating their fears to the extent that you can do that. 
it doesn't mean you can't say tough things. I would say, you know, for instance, she said, I can't, I talk to everybody like that. And I said, well, that's fine. I'm not, a, I'm not interested or concerned with how you talk to other people. The thing is, is that I love you and I want us to talk with respect to both of each other. You to me, me to you. And so it's going to look like this in our relationship. Doesn't matter what happens outside our relationship, but in my relationship with you, we're going to talk to each other in a in, a, in a, a civil tone. And so I was really in that space with love, the intention of love also, and I would make her feel safe by bringing in and trying to alleviate her fear, which in fact happened. She knew by the end, and there was a, one of the things that happened throughout is that there's a lot of repetition. My intention is this, and what I want you to know is that I love you, and this is the way this is going to look. This is how this is going to look. We'll have less of this and more of this. And so it was a neutral conversation on my part. It was not emotional. It was starting with the end in mind. What I would say is it took a long time and it was at times difficult, but it did a few things. One, it didn't, I knew I didn't dismiss my own values, opinions, and experience. I didn't defer and let another way of that was going to set us on a, a trajectory that I wasn't going to be able to sustain or be at peace with go on. I decided, and I think Brene Brown has put this out there, so I won't claim it, but that many years ago, I believe I heard that she said, it's better to have three minutes of discomfort than three days, three months, three years, or in my case, perhaps 30. So it was one of those things that was, when we understand that the cost of deferring is detrimental to us in so many ways, we realize that the willingness to move towards it, and this can be in much smaller circumstances. I'm giving you an extreme one to, so that you are aware that if you can do it here in something like this, you can do it anywhere. This includes conversations regarding feedback, disagreements on from payment to, to negotiation. Our willingness to move towards candid conversation, vulnerable conversation, it just exponentially shifts who we become and how our world gets set up. Now, you might say, Rita, what on earth does this have to do with me and my work and my life? This is how I see this show up at least, I mean, literally every single day. Is And, and this happened this past week when I got a call from a woman in New Jersey that was seeking some advice. She had a problem at work. She was upset. She's a partner at a firm. And another colleague, also a partner, wanted her to do something that was making her uncomfortable. And specifically, it was to work together on a rather large deal. But that woman calling me, we'll call her Susan, she knew from history that it would come with her doing the majority of the work, but evenly sharing the fruits of it. And she was just watching this happen again. It was starting to get her her irritated and resentful. And she said, and, and and I said, well, then don't do it. Don't continue to do it in the old way. But she said, I don't think I can refuse. She was afraid that she would risk making this colleague unhappy with her, that she didn't have the seniority to disagree with how to split the work just because there was a difference in years or age. And we can make up all different reasons on why we need to defer our own opinions and values and desires. But that was her reasoning. And she said she just, she, she couldn't do it. And she said specifically, she said, I'm not her. And I said, how do you think she became her? How do you think that she got to that place? 
you know, I, as I explained the situation with my mother-in-law, I've also had experiences in my career when I faced the same problem, when I've had that worry that can come with questioning yourself and should you rock the boat? Should you just let things lie? And what I've know is that when we let things lie, we always get held back. And so I suggested that she look at the type of person, the identity of the leader or the person that she wanted to be, the one who is supported. What is the identity of a person who is respected, who is paid commensurate to her level of contribution, who is just an equal as they actually were? And while she was worried that she was going to make another person upset or unhappy, and then the word would spread and this would hurt her career, I really had an alternative view. And it's one that I see every day that gets actually paid, played out. And that was is that if she didn't use her voice, if she didn't ask for what she wanted, if she didn't have a boundary, if she didn't respect herself enough to show up and, and stand up for herself, that she would actually start chipping away at her confidence and that this would hurt her leadership and her impact and her moving forward while differently, but it would do it in a, in a different way in the future, long term. And it would prevent her from stepping into her highest version of herself. This dis, this dismissing, this being deferential, this being, as she said it, I really basically am being a doormat. And so I told her that this wasn't, this was her ways of identity, her ways of being. These were her integrity, her ability to use her voice was her most valuable asset and strength and that she was being tested. And the good news is that she went forward and she had this communication with the partner. And, and she did it from the identity of being not deferential, but as the respected partner and colleague, high contributor, conscientious leader that she wanted to be. And deep down, she already knew, knows she already is. And so what I want to share with you are some ways that you can have these conversations, that you can reroute your resistance to allowing others to be unhappy, which is really at the baseline. It's the reason that we do dismiss or hold back or don't show up and what and, and don't ask for what it is that we want. We are concerned that others will not be comfortable or happy with what we have to offer. And so it is our resistance to not being accepted and being judged that keeps us from having candid conversations. I really see nothing more important in the world than our ability to communicate because in the absence of communication, there's so much breakdown. In the absence of communication, we know there are huge assumptions made because we're, our brain is inherently trying to fill in the gaps with the missing pieces. You know, we usually make them up in really negative ways is that we know the deep inner recesses of people when we don't. Oftentimes, how many times have you been in error about assumptions that you've made? I know that I have. I believe that the reason that we don't move forward into conversations and, and communications that make us feel uncomfortable is because we don't know how. We don't have a, we don't have a, a way of doing it. And we have a, a framework that, that by doing it, it's going to, it's going to cause more harm than good. And I would like to invert that and, in, you know, invalidate that correlation, if you will. So one of the things that I did here is I made up an acronym, which has the five main components to being able to, you know, it's like conflict conversation made easy. And 
what that is, I made it up to the, the, the word voice. And so there's five different steps that I'm going to share with you so that you can perhaps remember them. The first of these five steps to the acronym voice is the for be vision driven versus circumstance driven. What I mean by that is too often we want to solve the immediate circumstances. If you look at my situation with my mother-in-law, I could I could tear apart fact by fact some of the detail of the circumstances and she too could do the same. Instead, we don't go and sit in our circumstances. I went out to and identified the vision of my ideal. What is the ideal either by the end of this conversation, the end of this communication, the end of if maybe for you it's a negotiation? What is happening at the end of this that is an ideal situation? We have we can't hit a target we can't see. So it is imperative that we do the first thing of not stewing in the circumstances and being judge and juror on each one of the objective facts, but instead going, look, my vision, my ideal looks like this. So your first step is that you have to personally identify what it is is that your ideal is. And then ultimately in the conversation, you're going to be curious, what does it look like for you, when we've hit that vision, the O for invoice, the second step is to own and take on the identity of the person who you want to become in advance. If we take Susan, for example, she wanted to be seen as an equal who communicates, who is enthusiastic about her work, that is, who's conscientious, who's respected, all of those qualities that she's confident, that she's positive, that she's open-minded and curious and collaborative. That's what she wanted to be. She had to own those identities in advance. Here's the thing is that nobody will see you or treat you differently than you treat yourself. If you're not being that already, no one else is going to to do that in return. We train people how to treat us by the identity that we reflect, they reflect it back to us. So the second step of owning your identity and taking it on is really critical when you begin. If I began my conversation or my communication with my mother-in-law sheepishly as though I didn't have a, a real role in this or if I didn't, that I wasn't really, wasn't warranted for me as the lowly 20 whatever year old to be able or 30 year old to be able to have this conversation that is going to be reflected back to me or that if I felt guilty about having the conversation or in the case of Susan that she's not you know doesn't have the seniority or the gravitas to be able to have this with a, a partner that's has more ears on her and longevity this is what's important you owning your own identity this is the pre-work to having a conversation in essence the, the I, the third step of the word voice and the acronym here that we're using in order to make conflict gone easy is to initiate with your intention. Initiating the conversation right out of the gate with your clarity of why it is that you're having this conversation. My intention is, or the intention of this conversation is that we improve our relationship, that we get agreement on how working together works. That how we, and this is my intention is to know what each of us needs. My intention is to know what our ideal looks like and begin to create a plan from there. Be clear of what your intention is. And the best part about a well 
and succinct intention is that it can be and should be repeated throughout the entire conversation. I say it when things go rogue or when the train gets off the tracks and we're going in an entirely different direction about perhaps a a very a detail or a circumstance. We can always bring it back by saying my intention of this is that we actually improve our relationship. So being aware and clear, it is the first step I always ask to anybody is what is your intention? Do you see yourself shaking hands, leaving, or giving a hug, depending if it's personal or professional? What is it? And do you visualize that? Can you visualize that? Can you see it and visualize it with feeling? That's what intention means. Be there and be able to communicate it succinctly as soon as you start your conversation or initiate your conversation. The fourth step is the C. It stands for creating a safe and transparent and vulnerable environment. You want to create an environment where the other person is not operating from a place of, I have to fight or flee. You know, I, that we don't want to keep a person in a reptilian space. If they feel like they're being judged, if they feel like they're being attacked, people are going to do one of two things. They're going to either fight with you or they're going to run. And you want the exact opposite. You want engagement. That's what communication and conversation is about. So you want to be able to bring them into that. Your role in doing that is to create a safe and transparent and vulnerable environment. And so you want to be neutral yourself. You want to have gotten your anger out in advance. That seems like espouse it, write it out. You want to be able to show you value what they have to say that you care that you you know that you you see them you know in my conversation specifically with my mother-in-law I was able to say I love you and I always I never use the word but I love you and I want this to look like this I want you and and I look forward to us having a non-traditional mother-in-law daughter relationship if you're in a professional relationship, it might look like I value the firm and its position and its passion for this. And therefore, I want to make sure we're doing this together. Words like and and collaborative words like we make sure that th- there is a community, that there is safety, that there is a- an acceptance. The fifth and final step is that expect your communication to meet your intention. Moving into it with confidence. It's confidently expecting a positive ending and continuing to hold that. I often call it like holding your frequency. It's, no, I'm determined. I And, and that energy, it, that frequency, because of that expectation, is often delivered. Like sh- she means this. She's confident about this. She sees this. She's, she's going to hold this. That gives another person confidence as well and sees that you mean what it is that you're coming to the conversation with. So if we review them, it's the vision-driven versus circumstance-driven. You know what your ideal looks like and what you've identified you want. O stands for owning and taking on the identity of the person, the leader that you want to be in that conversation so that it is reflected back to you. I initiate your, commun- your conversation with intention, meaning the words are very specific. My intention is. Fourth is create a safe, transparent, vulnerable, neutral environment. And that is by you being able to hold that and making sure that they understand that you're sincere and authentic 
And the E in the acronym voice is expect your communication to meet your expectation. Expect that things are going to go well. Those are the five steps. What happens when you are able to effectively deliver a conversation that engage, it might be, you know, direct feedback or, or engages and course corrects a relationship. When you're able to do that, a whole host of other things open up. I mean, again, you can use this for, as I just said, course correcting and enhancing a relationship. You can use you, the voice acronym and showing up to drive your career in the right direction. You can use it to set your vision for a negotiation. You can use it to establish boundaries, to retrain people, and to get out your highest impact work. There's a whole bunch of reasons why you practicing, and it can take practice to be able to use those five steps again and again and again. It can be, it's, it, there's, it can be used consistently with repetition to, to take people and influence people, no matter your level of seniority or your expertise or your title or theirs even, that you can use those to, to very satisfactorily end and create better experiences and bad ones and create better ones. The most common reason that we defer, and, and perhaps I was saying this, is that we want to avoid rocking the boat. We want to make others happy or comfortable. And ultimately, we want them to accept us and not judge. And so the thing is, is that's interesting to me is when we get into these conversations with people who are in the space of maybe deferring and avoiding showing up or speaking their voice is that what we resist persists. And it's just the great irony that our avoidance of being transparent or candid or vulnerable or showing up actually has others judge us more and accept us less. So think about it for a minute. By the time you're having a conversation where you either feel uncomfortable and you feel like you've been dismissed or you're deferring or being a doormat, they're probably feeling it as well. There's some type of thing going on already. So you're already being judged. You're already not fully being accepted for what it is that you desire. So Going, avoiding something, resisting it further isn't going to solve the problem. Be aware of that. It's just going to extend it. So we can never get from another what we also aren't giving to ourselves. If you don't speak as though you are to be respected, and, and if you don't respect yourself, you won't be respected. I, I always say it's a very fair universe. It, you get what you give. So who are you being in advance and also, how can you practice using the acronym VOICE to bring whatever struggle you might be thinking of in your mind right now? Imagine what I'm for a moment. What relationship could you improve by asking for what you want, being clear, reshaping or reframing or getting clarity on something by creating a new ideal? When I've said this to people and I said, you know, you don't have to go solve the problem that you think you have to solve. You simply need to set a new vision for it. You need to reframe it and where you're headed. Honestly, that first step of the V in voice, if we operate from our vision versus our circumstances, we will shift things. The problem that I see today is so many of us are trying to solve the circumstance. And when we try to solve our circumstance, we continue to remain struggling in our circumstances. The circumstances don't change. 
we're lost because we're looking at the from the wrong perspective. We're in the circumstance because of the way we're looking at it in the first place. It's like Einstein says, you can't solve a problem from the perspective in which it was created. If it's there, it was created by you because of how you're looking at it. The opportunity is to shift the way that you're looking at it and to look at it from a different place in the fishbowl. Okay, your call to action is to identify a place right now where you may be holding yourself back. You may be deferring from having a conversation that's much needed and that you move towards it. You use the five steps of the the acronym voice and that you apply them. Remember, the first two take some pre-work before you move into the conversation. I just want to add one of the things that helped me shift out of continually deferring and holding back my opinions, ideas, desires, my wants, and expressing them is that I realized that when I didn't do that, I was in fact trying to manipulate someone to like me, to manipulate someone in a way that wasn't authentic to me. And so... I find that very, in my mind, yucky. I never want to be thinking that I'm manipulating someone. And when you can honor and own that you're manipulating someone and that you don't have a a authentic relationship with them, if you're manipulating them, it's a good chance they're manipulating you. If you want to, if you want to change that, be the change you want to see, right? We all know that. So I look forward to hearing from you and seeing how you put this into practice. It can be amazingly easy. And when you get good at it, you will find things in your life becoming very easy. And the bandwidth that you have, the impact that you can make are all increased. We have a new class beginning soon. If you are someone who is committed to creating an experience for yourself this year and or building something specific, and you want to bypass getting it done, grinding it out, and doing it with just a fraction of what your innate power is or your inherent power is, whatever that is, if you want to do that, I encourage you to get on the list, the wait list. We'll be including those in the show notes. This is your opportunity at this point as the quarter, first quarter of 2021 ends to sharpen your vision and to get your voice and your positive impact in the world. And perhaps most importantly to me this year and for others is taking ownership of this next definitive decade and making it fulfilling. It's not about achieving. It's about experiencing and being fulfilled as we travel. Your work, your business, your life all expand to the extent that you expand. It's a very fair and direct reflection and correlation The surest way to become your most expansive version of you in whatever capacity that is, be it parent, leader, spouse, is for you to expand yourself. I look very forward to talking to you next time. I very much hope that this has been helpful for you. If you have not signed up for our emails to tell you when our podcasts are being distributed, I encourage you to do that because a lot of times I share things in those emails that I do not share directly in our podcast. Thank you for being you and be the light. Turn yourself on and turn on others too. Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast.